to the Canadian SME Podcast, a podcast for Canadian small businesses. We interview Canadian experts and entrepreneurs to provide expert insight into marketing, innovation, business leadership, technology, and trends that impact small business. Our mission is to empower Canadian small and medium enterprise to help you grow your business. Hello everyone, this is Shaliza from Canadian SME Business Magazine. Please join me in welcoming Mickey Villamirovich, President of Cargo. Mickey Villamirovich is the President of Cargo, a full-service marketing and advertising agency that specializes in helping big brands market to small businesses. Cargo is an expert in the business-to-small business space, coining the term B2SB marketing. Before joining Cargo, Mickey spent 20 years with big brands like IBM and Mercedes-Benz in a variety of sales and marketing roles, so he knows how to build strategies that drive results. The same experience enables him to understand the pain points of big brands trying to market to small businesses. While leading marketing for the commercial vehicle division of Mercedes-Benz, he spent countless hours trying to understand the motivations, behaviors, and the drivers of small business owners to reach them more successfully. Now his quest persists, to continue to build the business to small business expertise to help big brands be more successful in reaching this highly emotional target. Today we're discussing on how big brands can get connected to small businesses during these challenging times and help them in their journey of surviving, reviving, and thriving. Welcome, Mickey. Thanks for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you very much, Elisa. Awesome. So my first question for you, Mickey, is COVID-19 has had a devastating effect on SMEs across Canada. Now that the country is slowly reopening, what is the mindset of business owners in Canada and how are they feeling about the future? So, I mean, without a doubt, COVID has had a devastating impact on all small businesses across the country. Um, we have seen it in many industries and sectors, but to, to varying degrees. But no matter which industry, though, they were all very much negatively affected. But what we wanted to do is we wanted to find out more. So we surveyed and spoken to many small businesses across Canada, and the story was quite similar. Um, 83% of SMEs have been negatively impacted by the pandemic, with 54% being very negatively or almost catastrophically impacted. Only 30% of small business owners feel that business will return to pre-shutdown levels in the next six months, while almost 30% think it'll take six to 12, and almost 40% believe it'll take more than a year to return. So quite sort of negative um, uh, sort of a background. And one panelist actually said, and I quote, it has been exhausting given all the opportunities countered with all the uncertainties. But the pains of the shutdown have not dampened the what we call innate optimism, positivity that is so in the DNA of small business owners, you know, so we kind of say it may be dented, but it still prevails. So that optimism still dominates the general mindset. And I think that's the most important message here. So even a sense of rejuvenated spirit for some as small business owners sort of knew something needed to change from the way things were working pre-pandemic. So nearly 60% have an optimistic outlook. Um, optimistic outlook about the future state of their business, and while only 6% are pessimistic. So very interesting findings to to know that even though they were affected very negatively, their perception of the future is very, very bright. Uh, one of my favorite comments that we heard at uh, in this 
panel of small business owners is I believe in the spirit of entrepreneurship now more than ever. And I think that kind of really says a lot about where small business owners are uh, in terms of looking at the future. Uh, another small business owner said, my current emotional state about my business is positive. I have looked at it from multiple perspectives, some really grim. The other perspectives, the ones I sort of chose to feed are re-emerging, vibrant, profitable, and scalable. I think this is a great time for innovation. So this is some really, really powerful stuff right here. Um, so the pandemic and its effects obviously appear to be just another hurdle that small business owners are used to overcoming. I think resiliency is, is an often overused word these days, but seems so perfectly fitting for how small business owners are attacking their current mm -hmm. barriers. So their agility and speed and adoption are really on full display now. Uh, but what, what we also noticed uh, was another shift and what we call the mental reboot. And that is sort of, you know, working for a purpose other than profit has really become a more common mantra among small business owners, especially among younger owners. Some time ago, we did a study on millennial small business owners and, and purpose was really um, sort of a theme that kind of came out, you know, uh, very, very brightly. But uh, the shutdown and the noted time to exhale and self-reflect has caused this even more so purpose-driven energy to spread across all generations of small business owners. So this mental reset kind of gives all of us the optimism for what's next. And to be honest with you, this really has been a, a great shift uh, across the board. Yeah, that's very true. And what kind of changes are SMEs seeing in the market as they slowly start to reopen? The, the, there are definitely a few areas that come to mind. Um, so even though Canada has done a great job of flattening the curve, the reality is that the virus is still out there. Um, you know, we're going to be sort of be going back and forth between social isolation and this new state of social interaction with certain physical limitations. Um, you know, consumers will fluctuate between staying at home and redefining sort of what going out means. You know, I mean, it's mostly governed by their own perception of what's safe. And, and the reality really is, is that until we get a vaccine out in substantial numbers, we're going to be living with this, quote unquote, you know, disease. Um, it, it's going to be a matter of how we build the confidence of our citizens, our workers, society uh, in, in its entirety that we can either prevent the disease from occurring or really that we can limit the spread of it in some sort of way. So, so really, in summary, until the vaccine is in place, we're going to remain in this what we call low-touch environment. Um, and this will sort of define how small and mid-sized businesses will operate in the future. Um, the, the other area that we're definitely seeing um, or the SMEs are seeing in the market is, honestly, with, with or with no pandemic, one of the biggest challenges for small and medium-sized businesses is managing cash flow and, and access to capital. And, and this is now more critical than ever. And I think while there has been a enormous amount of public and private funding invested in SMBs during the shutdowns, um, the support during the recovery stages is going to be more challenging. Um, I, I believe the percentage was about 80, over 80 percent of SMBs um, have been negatively impacted by the pandemic, which likely means an erosion of profits, cash and customers and simply restarting a business may be more difficult for some. Um, and also when we look at banks or even alternative lenders, VCs and other usual go-to financial resources for small businesses, I mean, they're, they're going to be more cautious. Um, they're going to focus more on existing customers after the shutdown, making access to capital significantly more difficult. So financial unknowns of this post-pandemic business environment is definitely going to continue beyond restarting of the economy, sort of well into this new normal. And I do think that SMBs will likely continue to monitor their 
burn rates and operational expenses even closer than normal so they can handle sort of those uh, predicted hits to their cash flows and bottom line and, and just overall security. Um, the other area, I, I, and this is very apparent, the traditional way where and how work gets done uh, will be as big a relic as the old normal. I mean, I guess we're, we're doing this sort of over um, over a virtual environment. So so when we think about it, consumers, employees, and, and employer work styles and workplaces are definitely transforming. And given the teams that many small and medium-sized enterprises are currently learning to work remotely effectively during COVID, it's anticipated that many teams will continue to work from home. Um, I mean, I think it's going to sort of stay for many. So if we think about that as a result, you know, that there's going to be this demand for highly skilled remote workers. Um, is, I mean, that, that's going to increase. And companies who are already working remotely or already had distributed teams are projected to have an advantage during a post-COVID. So business owners are now starting to question the need for expensive workplaces and office overhead. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, do we need offices? Do we need buildings? And, you know, can we sort of continue doing what we're doing, but from a virtual perspective? Um, I also think that alongside the increase in remote work, I think the workforces are projected to offer more flexibility as a whole post-COVID. So more specifically, companies are anticipated to begin to offer more choices, flexibility, around where to work, uh, when to work, sort of allowing employees to work at times that are kind of most productive for them, which I think helps everybody. Um, and as a result, work output will also shift to sort of being measured not by hours, but rather by outputs and, and sort of project quality. So I think that's that's another piece that they're going to see um, is going to happen. And to be honest, the one thing on a very positive note, mind you, there seems to be this new attitude towards the sense of community and shopping local, you know, this we're in this together type of idea. So this was a resounding theme throughout the heaviest days of the pandemic from what we've seen, you know, in the months of March and April, communities pulling together to help members. Communities getting behind sort of the reopening of their favorite small businesses. It was really only when communities lost their spirit and the vibe is when many consumers realize just how important small businesses actually are. So there seems to be the shift towards doing good for communities, and that means truly supporting small businesses. And that, in my opinion, is, is absolutely, truly fantastic. Yeah, and how do you think all of these changes will impact an SME's business model? Well, I, I think the most important one is the one we kind of touched on already is, is this, you know, these new attitudes towards physical distance, um, you know, health and safety, uh, all those points combined, and, and we've seen this already, are driving digitization of business operations um, because consumers are really looking at things in a much, much different way. So what this really means is more reliance on digital shopping experiences, um, sort of, and not only to buy, but I've seen some examples, you know, where you can also try some things, you know, you can't buy a shirt anymore, with the, you know, it's not as easy to walk into a store, but, you know, with technology, um, I can definitely see what it looks like. Uh, on me. Um, so this will drive a shift from kind of that brick and mortar to online purchasing. Um, I think digital infrastructure will get cheaper. It's going to get more efficient. And I think consumers will realize that some digital alternatives are just as good or better than their kind of like old school analog counterparts. Um, and I think this also lends itself to, you know, we're going to see tele and virtual everything. Um, I think this is going to be another massive shift that's going to impact the business models so while, while I do believe that certain prior high-touch environments will return to some degree, the new environments uh, will be very different with a clear set of measures that will be put in place. So for sure, virtual experiences will be on the rise 
as consumers are starting to realize that tele and virtual can be just as, as effective as in-person experiences. Um, agility, uh, adaptability, and speed uh, are also going to be name of the game. I think this is very important uh, because small business owners will be looking to enhance the company culture and, rent, and reinvent its architecture. So when we think about it, you know, speeding up the innovation process and making sure the innovation rings throughout the organization is going to be key. What, when we look across of how many organizations have responded very well to COVID, uh, they kind of built these little small and nimble teams to, to sort of deal with a lot of these issues in a hurry. And I think that's going to be the new recipe for the future. And on top of that, you know, not only the agility and adaptability, but resilience and efficiency as well. Um, if, we, if we look at what characterized the resilient companies was really preparation before the crisis. You know, they typically had stronger balance sheets an effective action during it, specifically their ability to sort of cut operating costs when they needed to. So this will become even more important given kind of more scrutiny over funding. Um, we've also seen effects of what happens when, you know, our uh, supply chain is really global versus local. So I think there's going to be an increased preference for local over global products and services. You know, the need for that resilience across supply chains is definitely going to drive a move to bring all the sourcing a bit closer to home and closer to end markets. Um, what else? Um, yeah, the, the idea of, of the triple bottom line, you know, we kind of touched upon it earlier as well, is profit, people, and purpose um, has gained more focus. You know, it's becoming about balance. It's becoming about doing good. And I think there's going to be this distinct switch from a shareholder-focused organization or owner-focused organization to more of a stakeholder focused one. So something that's gonna see a little bit more balance um, across the board. And I think lastly, um, changing industry structures. You know, we look at consumer behavior, market positions and sector attractiveness was gonna definitely lead to identification of new business opportunities sort of generated by the crisis. So we're not gonna see even adaptations of business models. We're gonna see certain industries that are gonna cease to exist and those that are going to actually be born um, because of this uh, crisis that we're in. Yeah, it's definitely amazing to see how quickly um, all of this innovation is happening. And that leads me to ask, how are these business model changes affecting how Canadian big brands are serving SMEs in the recovery? Well, well first of all, I guess the recovery um, is, is really dependent on three, on three factors. And that's sort of the, the first thing that a big brand needs to look at is, is you know geography and business life cycle and industry that the SME operates in are really going to be um, sort of serving that element of, of how quickly are they going to um, sort of revive and we will see a varied degree of recovery across different provinces. Um, similarly, smaller and younger businesses will face greater challenges to recover. And then finally, and most importantly, is you know industries that SMBs operate in have been affected by COVID-19 in various degrees. So when we think about it then the recovery of these industries will undoubtedly be staggered. Um, and so all of these factors will have a large play on where so big brands focus on. So if, if we kind of look, explore that in more detail, um, I mean, I think it's clear that the recovery is heavily dependent on government mandated reopening rules. I mean, provincial governments hold the ultimate power when they decide to reopen. And we've seen that so far across Canada. The reality is that COVID affected various provinces to a different degree. And those that have seen higher levels of infections and slower flattening of the curve will undoubtedly reopen later. Um, and, and really, in addition, the governing body's drive to sort of re-energize the economies is also going to play a big role in where the opportunities will lie for the recovery of SMB. 
Um, in addition, larger cities across Canada have seen much higher levels um, of infections versus smaller towns, and that's largely due to the difficulties to effectively distance. So small and medium-sized businesses located in smaller metros and smaller towns will more likely realize quicker opportunities to get back to work. I mean, we kind of see that already. I mean, as of this Friday, I think there's going to be great news for a good number of Ontario small businesses, but Toronto-based businesses um, sort of won't be able to celebrate yet or celebrate to that extent. Um, yeah. Looking looking into the size of the business um, and the age of the business, I think that's an important aspect as well. Younger and smaller businesses, typically those that have been operating for you know between zero and five years, let's say, and maybe less than 20 employees, are going to face greater challenges in reopening. Um, and and really, the, the main reason for that is that these businesses typically lack great degrees of liquidity and have greater credit constraints. So they're more sensitive to uh, the weakening of the consumer demand. Um, typically, they don't have a lot of cash reserves and, and more difficulties in obtaining needed fiscal help um, to kind of restart. So it's going to be a little bit tougher for them. So again, I want to be clear, this is not to say they will not recover. They will simply see a longer road ahead to get to pre-COVID revenue and profit levels. And, and I think the third thing is for big brands to remember in the recovery that the industry type is very important. Um, so the recovery of industries is going to depend on that industry's sort of reliance on what we call high-touch environments. So when we think about industries that are the ones with high factor in, in characteristics, for example, such as large gatherings, you know, if, if an industry is dependent upon that, um, industries that are dependent upon close human interaction, you know, where that piece is essential, where hygiene or at least perceived hygiene is critical, and then any dependence on travel, whether it's leisure or business, or even where a service or product is postponable, expendable. You know, I don't have to buy this today. I can wait until things are better. So if we look at these characteristics, we kind of classify industries by what we call, you know, general speed of recovery. And that is simply spoken, uh, you know, the quick recovery is going to be industries that have a low reliance on high touch environments. So things like professional services that, you know, can do it remotely, utilities, telecom, pharma, obviously um, being at the top of the heap. Um, slow recovery will be industries that have very high reliance and high touch environments. So that's personal service. We've seen that uh, recover fairly slowly. Hospitality for sure, sports entertainment, and of course travel. And the medium recovery is really going to be sort of that in between spot. Um, and so the degree of speed of this recovery um, rests on the degree of speed of redesign of operations. Um, so kind of how do you how do you as a business minimize the high touch environment and how do you make your customers feel safe so we've seen a lot of these examples already we talked about digitizing purchase journeys and experiences we've seen curbside pickup and delivery we have seen increase in touchless payments i mean nobody takes cash these days uh we've seen a lot of virtual versus in-person interactions and then we've also seen a lot of really really real sanitation protocols so so really in summary um I know it was a long answer, but what does this really mean for big brands? So if you're a big brand, don't go after every business in every industry right away because some are just not ready um, yet. I mean, they will be ready, but they will take time to get there. But some of them are screaming for help to get them back on their feet. So, so the focus really needs to be on those environments and industries that are going to recover quickly and then kind of paying attention to how the recovery continues across the board. Yeah, it's a very important point. And my final question, Mickey, what is your advice that you have for big brands to help SME customers revive? Um, 
Well, that's a great question. I, I really believe that, you know, based on what we see on, you know, how optimistic are small business owners and, and they are optimistic. So I think that the key is to keep an optimistic messaging tone, um, generally speaking, in marketing. So, you know, currently, I think it's like one in five of national ads are COVID-19 related. And they're sort of in this, you know, very, still very sort of down and out type of environment. And similar studies have shown consumers are sort of getting exhausted with this, you know, we're in this together tone from big brands. So authenticity is critical, especially with this particular audience. And so the, the big brands messaging should really fuel those entrepreneurial flames, you know, basically turning the, we're in this together from an empathy play to a rallying cry, sort of pioneering what's next together. So how do we revive together? Uh, small business owners don't need to be reminded how tough it is to own and run a business, you know, especially during troubling times. You know, they've lived it. They know it. Um, it's, it's really their life. And the more brands make it optimistic in a pioneering partnership, the stronger relationship they'll for sure forge um, with those uh, small business owners. Um, I guess also building marketing and agility. We, we talked about um, sort of the unknown, and I think there's a good reason why famous prognosticators like McKinsey's of the world and Gardner's are, and others are vague in their predictions for the near and long term because the speed and global force of the pandemic and shutdown is truly an unknown. Um, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty of what the recovery looks like. So, so big brands, I, I think they need to be more agile in their marketing. I think smaller wins and shorter plays versus these big, massive campaigns and extended flights, I think are going to be a lot better be, simply because they can scale um, and then kind of switch to big ones when it becomes effective. So think sort of minimum viable product over perfection in the execution. It's really kind of leaning and learning forward a sort of approach. Um, purpose, again, is a very important one. And I, and I do strongly urge a lot of big brands to really think about purpose over product benefits. Um, you know, it's common as soon as you mention purpose-focused marketing and messaging, a lot of big brands think that's solely a CSR-only play. It's really not part of marketing, but um, there really is. It's all about the marketing strategy. And we, we saw the mindset reboot of small business owners. And so big brands should really align their marketing messages with this amplified belief, which is do well by doing good. Um, you know, this is not a new strategy. Uh, many brands were born under that moniker. And now is really the time for big brands, uh, big brand marketers uh, to embrace it. So whether it's programs, movements, initiatives, et cetera, um, business owners aren't going backwards and want to know the people in the brand sort of behind the marketing. Um, just a quick thing on this point, a recent Edelman study showcased that 65% of consumers say that a brand's response during the crisis will have a huge impact on buying from that brand in the future. And of course, don't forget, small business owners are consumers as well. Mm. Um, the uh, I would probably say um, experiences matter more now than ever, I guess. Um, you know, small business owners and their employees will focus and value their experiences as well as those of their customers a lot more now than ever. I think on the personal side, living their best life and having more work-life balance or maybe work-life integration will matter more to them. And in terms of customers, uh, connecting in a stronger way and providing more personal service will matter more. Um, and if small business owners don't feel big brands have their personal best interest in mind and are all about the sale and sort of that, that profit, they won't do business with them, period. And, and just like purpose is the new normal, personal connections will be as well. So really, the best experiences will win over the best products and services. And the final one, and I think this is probably the most important, is really innovate or die. Um, you know, without a doubt, 
small business owners will need help from big brands when it comes to these new ways to work and get work done. I mean, everything that we've seen so far, everything that we kind of talked about in this podcast is all about innovation. So in addition to tech tools for managing teams, small business owners uh, will look for new ways of thinking, you know, better approaches and fresh perspectives on problems. So big brands can play a big role in helping small business owners with innovative ways to solve old or existing or sort of yet to be discovered problems and opportunities. So kind of saying basically big brands need to think and behave like entrepreneurs, you know, innovation is really going to be key to survival. And, and really in summary here, if I had to summarize the one sentence, this is now the time to be a partner and a true partner to small business owners because they need the support. They need the help do it in a positive way. It's more opportunity than threat and it's more strength and weakness uh, in terms of tonality. Awesome advice, Mickey. And is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah, I, I would say probably the last the last bit is is really to to amplify this message of positivity. Um, you know, in just looking across of what is still happening, there just seems to be this somber way. And I and I get it. I get the fact that nobody knows the future. It's very difficult to predict. Nobody knows whether there's going to be a second wave um, to COVID nineteen. But but it's the positivity that's going to get us out of this. And and you know, entrepreneurial spirit is something that is absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, that resilience. And I and I really do think that, uh, you know, looking at some of the individuals that we've spoken to and sort of what kind of, you know, came out um, of them is really great. And so, again, always remember the quote that we shared in the beginning is from one of the small business owners is that, quote, I believe in the spirit of entrepreneurship now more than ever. So I think we're we're in good shape and I think we're looking at a pretty bright future ahead. Awesome. Well, Mickey, thanks again for joining us today and sharing your thoughts. We really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to the Canadian SME podcast. Please visit canadiansme.ca to subscribe and join us next week as we share more expert advice from Canadian business leaders.